Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast, where we'll talk with real estate investors, entrepreneurs, business leaders, athletes, and more to inspire you with their success stories so you can work hard, never give up, and dream huge. And now, let's start the show. This is the Dream Huge Podcast, show number 19. Yo, what's up, everybody? Mark Gray and myself, Pete Peterson here. How you doing, Mark? Good, Pete. Good, man. Hey, we're doing good. Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast. You guys are going to absolutely love this podcast. Chris Allison, my man, he is uh, titled himself as a social entrepreneur. So this is the we've had entrepreneurs on here before, but he is a social entrepreneur. So he is really truly has a servant's heart um, with everything he does. He's always looking to help others first, create jobs for others, and um, help f- folks fill those jobs. Um, and so he is the owner of Open Arms, which helps folks with disabilities um, earn those jobs that they uh, so much want and need. Um, so he really does a great job. He's got a location in Columbus, but he also has a location in Mansfield, which is now growing. Um, and he has actually purchased the Park Street building, the United Way, former United Way and Red Cross building right here on Park Street in downtown Mansfield. And he's rehabbed that. And he has actually open arms is going to be on the bottom floor on the mid on the top floor is going to be shared office space, which is brand new, sparkling, shiny new office space for folks that are looking. But I'm kind of giving away the whole um, podcast, but I want to say it's super cool how he got the idea for Open Arms and how that whole business kind of formulated um, with opportunities that were right in front of his face. And um, when he, when he, when, when you folks look. When you guys are out there looking for business opportunities, often the opportunities are right in front of your face as long as you're willing to help and serve others, and that's all it takes. Um, and Chris did an awesome job um, you know, helping out his brother. And this, this podcast is really going to uh, pull at your heartstrings, man. So it's very powerful stuff. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think uh, Chris is definitely a social entrepreneur. Everything he's done has evolved from something that he's done to try and help somebody else. So everything he's done has came from helping others, which turned into a business. So he just seen an opportunity right in front of his face, like you were saying. Oh, dude, and it's amazing. So how one thing leads to the next. I mean, he starts off yeah. you know, helping his brother. Then he goes on to, that leads to this business. That leads to owning a sports team. And then a second sports team. And I don't want to give it all away, but just give you a little preview. It just you, keeps going. You guys are going to be blown away. All right, so make sure you like and subscribe and share the hell out of this podcast because it's growing like crazy. We got almost 1,200 downloads already. So continue spreading the love appreciate it y'all thank you for listening um and let's get into it yo what's up everybody welcome to the dream huge podcast hosted by mark gray slanging deals every day how you doing mark good pete how are you good excellent uh steph zader hi guys stephanie zader super super connector lady trump in the house today And my man, our special guest, Chris Allison, social entrepreneur Chris Allison. How you doing, sir? Doing fantastic, Pete. Good. Hey, thanks for coming in today. 
Folks, we don't always talk strictly real estate. We love to share success stories from other entrepreneurs, movers, shakers, and influencers. Hopefully, these interviews and stories will help to motivate and inspire you to dream huge. So today, we welcome our friend Chris. So Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Um, I do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I started my first business, Open Arms, in 2011. And uh, Open Arms, what it does is it works with individuals with uh, developmental disabilities. And uh, we do in-home care, we do vocational training, entertainment, etc. And our primary goal is to be able to help um, build a better world for them and be able to guide them through life and give them uh, the assistance that's needed. So uh, from there, every business or anything that I've dived into is um, an accessory to that, has something to do with that. Um, we just purchased a building here in uh, Mansfield um, on, the, on the, the square in downtown Mansfield, and um, we're looking to add some stuff into there that's accessible to the community, but also it allows us to be able to do uh, and give more jobs to those individuals so a lot of the stuff i do it's why i proclaim myself to be a social entrepreneur is because it is socially impacting and um that's what i do that's great i love that title right social entrepreneur this is our first social entrepreneur we've had on the program yeah um so that is super cool we're going to dig into that some more um but just um for listeners perspective um, so it's the Park Street building, the former Red Cross United Way. Most yeah. Mansfielders know it as. Um, so you really have done a great job, um, you know, breathing new life into that building. So um, Open Arms is going to be there on the first floor, correct? Yes, sir. Um, and then upstairs we have a great, tremendous, brand new co-working space mm -hmm. um, where folks can rent uh, spaces. There's currently, I mean, we literally just went live with this. Uh, so there's 18 units. Um, they're all fresh paint, white, gray, modern, everything, very contemporary. Um, they have a shared conference room. They have a shared break room. Uh, but they have private rooms yeah. for their own offices with their own flat screen television, utilities included as well. Is that correct? Yep, and fiber, uh, internet. Yes, yeah, so what a great way to help you know local you know, business owners, um, local entrepreneurs, local offices um, get up and running. Um, cheap a cheap way to get up and running very reasonable rates there and um you know speaking from my own experience when you know either if you're moving to a new space or you're getting started um and you're busy running your business you don't want to go in and have to rehab and remodel a place mm -hmm. you want to be able to pay rent and move in and that's what chris offers you know at the park street building there um super convenient just can you can just be up and running with the simple uh turn of a key so i love it over there and the the uh, conference room very nice big conference table um you know whiteboard on the wall for everybody that they can use um, also the rooms are furnished with desks and chairs as well is that right yep that's awesome so you truly can come in and just uh, go to work and do business so I love that um, so let's talk a little bit about um, a little bit more about open arms so you have is there a couple locations we do we have a location in Columbus where we started mm -hmm. and then this is our second location that we have so how many folks um, are you actually helping uh, currently, we provide services for 75 inside of Columbus, and we serve about 
65, 70 here in Mansfield. Wow. And is that capacity? Are you looking to take on more? Uh, that's not even close to capacity, that's really? for sure. Um, Pre-COVID, we were about 300 between both of them. And, um, you know, obviously COVID caused difficulties for everybody. And, um, you know, a lot of the individuals, we didn't return as quickly to programming as, as other places did. So a lot of them jumped and went to those programs or realized that they didn't have to work. Um, and so we're currently in process of rebuilding. So here in Mansfield, that's one of the big reasons that we moved. We were on um, 928 Spring Mill and we moved from there, which was about 3000 square foot to where we have now. So that way we can grow and build out the space for individuals to come on and to be able to take advantage of the programs. How can folks apply to be part of your program? So all of our all of our services are through the county board, um, um, the um, Richland County Board of Developmental Disabilities, and they assist. They have service coordinators that assist individuals with getting introduced to us to, for us to be able to be on their plan for us to provide those services. So if they're interested in that, they would just give us a call or go to our website, oaohio.com, and there, all the information is there for us to get connected. We would set up a meeting with their team and then be able to begin services in about a month. Okay, so um, what what does um, do you take on people with what types of disabilities? Um, any anybody that needs it, we have a wide range, wide re spectrum of individuals that we provide services for. Um, and a lot of it, it's, you know, every single plan, every single person that we work with, they have an individualized plan um, that we attend to. So if they need assistance with social skills and they need assistance with uh, literacy or they need assistance with uh, being able to get along with people or learn how to eat uh, or learn how to cook, learn how to take care of themselves, we tailor our services to what their needs are. Um, and then as far as their disabilities that they have, we don't have a limit on whom we work with. Gotcha. Um, if they have something that we're not a specialist in, uh, we definitely apply ourselves to be able to become better versed in it. Um, so that way we can help them at their level. That's awesome. So very customizable services, in other words. Absolutely. You come in, you have a disability of any sort, you know, Chris, Allison, the Open Arms team is going to be able to help you with all types of services um, and uh, get you uh, where you need to be. So I love that, man. Um, so let's talk about... Um, you also have a coffee shop going in over there, correct? We do. So um, we've, we've been planning this for like five years. Um, and, and the goal of it is, is inside of our vocational training, you know, whenever we first started, um, we just wanted to give people the options to do more than just bag groceries and clean toilets. Now, if an individual chooses to do that and that's what they want their occupation to be, obviously we want to support them in anything that they decide to do. However, the majority of individuals have never been given the opportunity to learn something new or to try something new that they've done. And so we established the vocational program to be able to allow them to test out multiple vocations that they would be interested in. And so <clears throat> one of the whenever we sat down and we asked them what they would be interested in the coffee shop you know was one of those items now have I ever opened up or started a coffee shop before no but a lot of the stuff that we've done I didn't know how to do before but because that's something that they were interested in or a group of them was um, 
we we pursued it and figured out how to do it. We have uh, I have great friends in Atlanta that started their own coffee shop, so I've gleaned from them on what we need to do. And um, the coffee beans that they buy are are direct trade, and it goes towards orphanages in Honduras. So it's you know philanthropic through and through. And so um, we want to bring that level of coffee, uh, A grade coffee, to uh, Mansfield. But the individuals will be working inside of it, helping make the drinks. You know, be the customer service. You know, take care of the the customers that are there so any like i said any type of vocational program that we do is geared towards giving the individuals an opportunity to be able to work inside of that space sure wow so um do we have a name for the coffee shop yet it's called spill the beans nice so um and then our roasts have you know our light roast is a um a secret our medium roast is a gossip and our dark roast is a confession so it's it's all on that just sitting around talking socially yeah very cool can't wait to try that out and when is that uh when are we cutting the ribbon on that one uh the goal is july 1st so yeah. that's what we we literally just cleaned it out and our demo starts next week um it's going to be pretty open uh, open concept um, we're not planning on serving any food um and actually what we're planning on doing is we have a couple other individuals that have their own bakery uh, where they bake biscottis muffins those kind of things and we're going to wholesale from them so we're helping them build their business while we're selling those inside of the community and getting their name out as well man excellent so you're going to walk in the front door is it going to be to the left mm -hmm. yeah. okay yeah because the elevators are to the right there and then it goes further back correct okay very cool so your um your folks in the co-working space will enjoy that smelling that good coffee exactly and you know it'll keep them awake and working hard mm -hmm. i love that man okay so you are quite the entrepreneur i i must say and you i love that because you said uh you know i've never done a coffee shop before but i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna figure <laughs> it out and that's what a great entrepreneur does yeah and and it's sometimes it's it's terrifying to do but i think just you know, having the assumption that I can figure it out uh, aids in that ability to to start. So speaking of figuring things out, you kind of figured out how to um, own a professional basketball team or a few of them. <laughs> I did. Um, I you did. figured out how to own a sportswear company. I did. Um, what else am I leaving out here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to help me elaborate <laughs> on? Let's let's talk about the basketball team okay, if you let's don't start mind. With that. Okay. Um, how did that? Or maybe I should start with the sportswear because I think the sportswear led you to the basketball. It did. Okay, it so did. tell me about the sportswear first. So again, it, the sportswear derived from be able to provide jobs for individuals with disabilities. So we started off with local um, cookouts and um, you know family reunion shirts. Uh, one of my original employees that started off with me um, he had taken some classes at Ohio State to do apparel wear and so came in hey this is this is the cheapest way to get it started to figure it out um, and we started off with just a vinyl press and making t-shirts they were god-awful uh, <laughs> what we do now um, but it was a start it was cool so um, you know you still have some of those originals hanging on the wall we literally do yeah yeah, yeah I that's know cool. exactly where they are so um, and so um, we started off with with doing that and as we grew we found more people that were um, interested in, in in buying stuff um, but then um, we're, we're highly involved with Special Olympics we're the only private um, Special Olympics group in Ohio we're not a affiliated with a board or a state or a school run program and so um, 
a lot of our individuals, we started off with basketball, and a lot of our individuals only want to play basketball. But Special Olympics is from November until March. And so they have to wait nine months to play any type of sport that they enjoy with people at their level. And so one of the things we wanted to do was figure out how can we bridge that gap for those individuals to be able to either play inside of uh, and with other individuals that don't have disabilities or create leagues for them outside of the scope of Special Olympics. And so we started a program created. United Sports and the idea was to unite those with disabilities and without disabilities to be able to play together. And so I started a men's rec league in Columbus and um, inside of that we're like okay well we want to do this but we also want to guard we also want to make jobs for individuals so a requirement of our league was to buy you had to buy our jerseys mm -hmm. and that was a requirement to be in there so that's how we started getting into athletic apparel and as we grew people kept asking for more stuff so shorts and shooter shirts and all the extra stuff and so we grew from just doing vinyl press to full sublimation through to wow. full customized things to be able to do that um, and then we created multiple leagues we created the elevation league which was for the individuals so we've done three on three we've done five on five we've had individuals play i've had people on my teams because um, I've run teams and organized them that nobody knows they have a disability. I just put them on the team and they went out and played and they played well um, yeah. because they were just given the opportunity. And so sportswear grew from there. Um, and then I went to a meeting because I do graphic design as well. Um, so I went to a meeting with a team um, to help them with their graphic design. And I went to the league meetings where they were talking about the upcoming season. They were talking about, you know, we're going to get jerseys. And so I step in and I say, hey, if we could provide the jerseys for you, um, you know, can we sell them? Can we do all that? And at the time, they had 12 um, teams inside of their league. And um, I said, we can provide that. We can take care of that. And um, we, we did the jerseys for the entire league. And we did um, the entire fan site and fan gear. So wow. we grew into that as well. And the way that I could secure us for sure having that long term was to purchase a team inside of the league. <laughs> right. um, so I did. Which um, is what team? Uh, the Owensboro Thoroughbreds was the team that I purchased. And where's Owensboro? Owensboro, Kentucky. Gotcha. It's about five and a half hours from here. I've got lots of gears. They're really good. That's awesome. Actually, they're the top team in the league right now, aren't they? Are we they were at the two weeks ago. We're not now. We are probably fourth out of 44 now, but we're first in our division. So... Yeah. It's still pretty. It's still pretty awesome. Good. Yeah. And that led to the purchase of a second team, correct? Um, yeah, in that same season, um, I purchased the second one, which was an indie. Um, okay. So of the twelve teams, two of them were mine, um, and they were in Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, um, are you? Go ahead, Steph. Sorry. All Americans. I was just saying the team. No, is it? The, they no. Oh the, no! What's not the what's the, the Indy team Express? Indie Express. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. So hopefully I'm my bad. I'm picturing you as a <laughs> owner like Mark Cuban, like you've got your T-shirt on, you're yelling at the refs down in the front row, and yes, is some of that going on. I pace a lot. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I can't sit still. Can't. You're very involved, very yes. active. Absolutely. Oh, that is so fun, man. What? Yeah. We what, have to go. Yeah. What a dream come true, you know, to um, not only own a sports team, but more importantly than that, provide jobs, mm -hmm. provide jobs for all those folks and all those families. And just, um, you know, it's so much more empowering to um, provide, uh, you know, hope for them instead of a handout. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's that's the I, I shouldn't get too political on this here stance, but <laughs> hey. I would much, much rather, you know, provide jobs and educate mm -hmm. them and provide services yep. and create jobs and create 
rather than just just give handouts so kudos to you chris very cool man appreciate giving it. them a better life yeah yeah and they're gonna appreciate uh you know everything they've earned because they've uh, worked for it mm -hmm. you know so it's gonna be uh you know it's a great for everyone um so tell us a little bit about Chris Allison, the man. You know, let's go all the way back here. Just, I'm going to dive into you a little bit. So, where were you born? I was born in Kokomo, Indiana. Um, my parents were in the Air Force. That's where they met. Um, they met in Buffalo, New York. In um, I don't remember the name of the base, but um, and then they got transferred to Kokomo, and that's where I was born. Um, and then, whenever I was one, they got transferred to. Uh, Myrtle Beach and so uh, we stayed there until that um, that base got closed uh, my brother Christian um, he was born on the base in Myrtle Beach so we were both you know military brats and um, we were born on the base and, and whatever there uh, whenever I was two and a half I think uh, my parents got divorced uh, my father went to um, Las Vegas he got transferred out there and my mom you know single mom there worked at McDonald's and was getting her nursing degree at the same time. So taking care of, you know, two kids by herself and then met my stepdad and um, they um, they worked at the same place. And um, whenever I was seven, we moved to Columbus, Ohio, um, which is how we moved. Over. My mom was from Columbus, was born and raised there. So moved back to Columbus. And from the time I was seven until I graduated high school, I went to the same church and there was a school at the church. And so was in a private school until then and I went off to college after that finished a four-year degree in two years in pastoral theology wow. and while I was in um, while I was in school I worked for a company a home health care company inside of uh, Chicago drove two hours to work every day it was and it was only supposed to be a 45-minute drive it was just <laughs> miserable um, but I worked I worked downtown at Northwestern where I would go and try to coordinate services between home health care and the doctors um, that they were working for um, so worked up there and then um, about halfway through my um, my internship at the church there I just I was done with being there and I wanted to go home and um, came home and um, I didn't tell so backing up just a little bit uh, talking about family um, my brother is the reason that I started open arms he has a dual diagnosis of autism and bipolar disorder and he didn't get diagnosed till he was 15 so how we were raised it was you know spare the rod spare the child and you know everything was based on you know he was just behaving badly and wasn't listening it was disobedient it wasn't diagnosed that it was a neurological disorder and he had chemical imbalances and needed help um and so i didn't really it didn't really compute with me that that's what was wrong you know it was we show love we show compassion we're understanding and you know we'll work through it and so um you know diagnosed at 15 i was in my junior year of high school i didn't really comprehend what was going on because as a teenager you're just you know trying to get through school trying to do whatever so whenever um at the t while i was in school my mom was single again and taking care of a individual that has those diagnoses and going through puberty is not a fun time and so she was unable to be able to take care of him and he was um, custody of the state and he went into a group home and I, I upon reflection like going back and thinking about it like I didn't comprehend what was happening and so I just knew that he was in a group home he was he had caregivers and that was the extent of it and so um, whenever I moved back because Christian calls probably 
seven times a day still. <laughs> um, and What's so, up, Christian? <laughs> um, I, I love. We should have brought him on. Yeah. No, no, God. Yeah, no. I love Christian. You would have heard stories you did. I don't want everyone to get out there. Um, That's why I love him. Yeah. So, um, so I moved back, and I didn't tell him that I was moving back. I just we decided to move back, and you know, move back, and um, moved in, brought all the stuff in, and three days later, I went to go pick him up. And whenever I went to go pick him up, um, what I saw, um, I I just knew my brother wasn't staying there anymore from what yeah. I saw, and so I took him out. I, kind of illegal um, because he wasn't you know in custody but I just knew my brother wasn't staying there and so I took him out and he never went back and you know later on we went and picked up his stuff and um, we we moved in moving him into his own apartment and that's how I took care of him for six months without knowing that I could get paid I just knew my brother wasn't going back and so I took care of him for 24 7 for six months before I knew that I could become an independent provider and um, I became an independent provider um, for, for services, got paid to do that, and realized that if my brother was in this situation and I was willing to change my whole course of direction of life to take care of him, how many other individuals don't have somebody to do that for them? And so that's where Open Arms came from, was that passion to be able to give, you know, to care for your brother the same way anybody else should. So um, derived from there, took on a new client, um, probably a year and a half, and I took care of him by myself for about a year. Um, and then we hired on somebody else to split those hours and, um, you know, actually started developing the business. I was 20. I didn't know anything. I had gotten a pastoral theology degree, which, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and so, you know, started into that uh, from there and just started building, like, how can we help? How can we continue to do this? And, you know, everything has been from Christian as far as, you know, what I do, any services really that we've provided is he asks and like vocational, I remember one day he goes, I want a job. Okay, so how do we get you a job? And so we go to the team and we ask them, how do they get? How does he get a job? We're like, well, this one place is hiring. So we go to that one place and I remember sitting in the meetings, them telling him that he's going to be, um, he's going to be putting together these shredding boxes for this company. They have a contract, they're hiring people to come and do it. So in three months, you know, I saw his checks. He made a total of $36 in three months. And so go back to the follow-up meeting and I said, you know, what, why is this happening? What's going on? Well, we were hiring for that, but we didn't get the contracts. So we didn't have any work. So we've just been finding odd things for him to do. I say, but you promised him a full-time job. Why would, why would you do that? And so I was like, all right, well, we'll figure it out and we'll go to it. So I, that's how I started the vocational program and creating jobs was because of that. So, um, so me as a person, um, you know, my from the time I was 20, I've, I've been taking care of him and trying to build this business around that and trying to do everything I can to help this group of individuals inside of society. I mean, individuals with disabilities is the largest minority. It doesn't matter what uh, sexual orientation, it doesn't matter which religion, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, it affects all of them. And they are the most discriminated because they envelop all of those. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's who I am as a person, um, as far as, you know, that's not who I am as a person, that is what I do as a person, but yeah. who I am is um, just somebody that's trying to do good. No, that's, that's tremendous. Um, I want to hit on a few things there. Um, Mental health, right? I mean, I know you deal with all disabilities, but mental health specifically, I wanted to touch on. Um, my good friends Jeff and Donna Heck over at 33 and Forever, um, 33 Forever, sorry, they, um, 
you know, they lost their daughter um, to mental health. Um, but th what they are trying to communicate is that it's so important and it's so not talked about still. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're shamed if you have some type of mental health disability whereas you can go to the doc if you have a problem with your elbow you go to the doctor you tell them that physical disabilities are just fine to talk about and address and fix and um put out in the open but mental health is still has can and does have a stigma around it so i think what you're doing and what they're doing you know really helps to try and break down those walls so we can have those conversations and the hey let's let's talk about it put in the open not hide this because um, the more you talk about it and the more you're open about it, the more you can diagnose mm -hmm. and treat, correct? I agree. I think the biggest problem, though, is everybody's so afraid of labels. I mean, social media has pushed you have to be this perfect thing all the time. And as soon as you say, I have something wrong with me, people go, oh, well, that's that's why. Right. And so, you know, if I share it with somebody that I have depression or if I have, you know, certain thoughts or if I have things that I deal with, do, do they look at me less? And so if we're always trying to attain a number 10 and then I add a reason why you can knock me down three points in your eyes, mm -hmm. people worry about that. And right. so they would rather not get the help and deal with it internally than actually express themselves and be who they are. Oh, man, that's that's true, man. That's great. Yeah. People care too much about those labels, right? right. So if we if we just got to keep things in perspective and know that how quickly the the dead are forgotten mm -hmm. right <laughs> when yeah. we die Absolutely. that we have to not care how folks would label us you know Absolutely. and um there's only one that can judge us anyhow um uh, and i wanted to go back to also just um what a tremendous job you did of and i preach this all the time Opportunities are right in front of our face. You know, people are always looking for the next biggest, greatest thing, or the next state. The grass is always greener. Your opportunity was right there in front of you. So I think if if folks listening out there are looking for inspiration, you know, from this podcast, those inspirations are often right in front of you. And not only that, you you're they're also tied to helping others. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime you can help and serve others. You're gonna you're gonna have success, mm -hmm. um, and the more you can help and serve, the more success you're gonna have. So, great combination on that. You nailed both of those on the head. Um, so, um, how Chris? How do you hope to inspire others with your story? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, if if we all just do good and try to treat everybody else the way that we want to be treated, we would have a much better world. Mm -hmm. But instead, everybody's trying to one up or outdo or we throw it under the guise of well that's business instead of just having ethics along the way I, I think that that at the end of the day you can build a good business you can do good and be successful without having to trample on other people or use other people so I think if anything inspiring people just to do good and to take care of your neighbor is is huge yeah great examples of that um, right here in front of us ma'am um, so, alright so what's an interesting fact or story most folks may not know about you <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Spill the beans. I, yeah, yeah, spill, yeah, I'm going to open up a coffee shop. I don't know if you guys know about that. Um, well, you know, whenever I, oh, man. <laughs> He's going to go with one. I'm going to go with this first, one. Or it's the, the first one? thing that came to my you gotta mind. you got to go with so. the first thing. So in college, you know, it was Bible college, you know, we sing, right? So I got through college. <laughs> I didn't, so I, the reason I got through it, I still had to do other classes, still had to do that stuff. Like I went straight through summer school, everything. But part of my scholarship was paid for because we did tour and sing. So 
that is something that a lot of people don't know, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but that was the first thing that came to <laughs> ah, my I head. I love it. Yeah. So, Are you going to yeah. sing for us? No, definitely not. <laughs> so you were a touring rock and roll star. It, definitely not rock and roll. It's very <laughs> piano and vocal, and that was it. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, did do that. Very cool. <laughs> he is a singer. Very good. Um, and he's not. He maybe we got a question a little later on. Maybe we'll get some singing out of him. Yeah. All right. um, anything else you'd like to discuss? We've got the huge four questions for you, and then we'll get the the rapid fire round, and we'll let you get going. But is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Very good. Okay, Mark. Let's hit him with the. Oh yeah! It's time for the huge four. You ready? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. What's one thing you wish you've known when you began your career? Uh, how to? <laughs> um, I wish I, I wish I had a better structure and procedurally. Um, I wish I would have done that better. Uh, procedures is what builds businesses, and a lot of it was just from. <coughs> just trial and error and it would have been a lot better if I would have done that but I wouldn't have been able to get to that point unless I did the trial and error so I would say policies and procedures in place would have allowed us to go a lot further sooner yeah we've heard that one before right Mark oh, systems yeah. using systems, systems yep. procedures policies um, <laughs> because systems never fail the operators of the systems fail but yeah putting the systems in place that's huge but trial and error till you get there definitely yeah <coughs> very good yeah what was your biggest failure? Would you learn from it? <laughs> I know that answer, but I'm not going to say that one. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think I think as as far as in my career, my biggest failure has just been, um, you know, I come from a a, a philosophy of volunteerism, and so whenever we're trying to get people to rally around something, it's always like this ideal of volunteerism instead of actually conducting it as a business. And so that's something that I've had to adjust where I'm thinking that the collective will just rally around it because of the mission, which the mission's great, but at the end of the day, they still have to have a life-work balance. Um, and so, you know, in my mind, going to church, and that's all we did is we live, breathe, and eat eight church we were in there in school until two o'clock and then week midweek service and then teen activities and then you know uh, stuff on saturday and sunday it was always this is all we do and instead of me expecting my employees to have that same philosophy that i do um i it should be this is your block of time this is your responsibility go home and spend time with your family and instead at the beginning it was like this is we're all going to do this 24 7. and it was just bad it was just naivety um and definitely trying to rein that back in um from where that is nice what are the best resources that have helped you along the way um the best resources to help me along the way um um I would say like one of the best thing that's happened, you know, to the company is is my C, uh, CEO Amy. Um, you know, she has worked in this field for I think over two decades, um, and she adopted an, an individual that had disabilities, and she took care of her until she passed. Um, and you know what she does on a daily basis is ensure that whatever crazy idea I have, it complies with the law and we stay on track of what we're doing. That's definitely been the biggest asset to Open Arms since then because whenever we came in, our ideas and how we were approaching things was so radical, it was outside of the mainstream, um, that sometimes had to get reined in. And you know, she was definitely one of the best people to be able to do that. And then now, 
now, whenever we're going through these these things, finding people's stories, being able to do podcasts like this where people hear the story and they they reach out to us and they find we've had the two articles in the Richmond Source and we've had people reach out and say, hey, you know, we want to be a part of that. And so getting those people on board just to have that testimony, to be able to utilize that story, to keep growing and keep going, um, that's definitely been great as well. Nice. What are two books that have inspired you? Mm. Um, man. I mean, I, I read a lot of self-help books, um, but I also like autobiography or biographies. Um, I, I love um, watching those stories and hearing those things. One of the ones that um, has really helped is Culture Code, um, has been a good book. And then also Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Those two have been really good. Uh, one with just keeping the main thing the main thing, and then the other one just how do we keep that continuity between everybody maintained. Those are two new ones to add to the list. Yeah. Yeah. like it. Love it. All right. Awesome job. You passed the huge four, baby. Yes. All right. Uh, on to the rapid fire round. So you're just going to come straight off the top of the head. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. Ready for the rapid fire round. Here we go. <laughs> so Lady Trump's busy texting somebody. She's hey. just connecting somebody with somebody. I was texting you guys the names of the books. Actually. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we didn't forget. Okay, here we go with the rapid Secretary. fire round. I'll start. What is your spirit animal? Um, lion. There you go. Steph? What is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Ice cream, man. <laughs> Jenny's ice cream. The almond butter brittle. Oh. Yeah. What is your favorite movie? Inception. Nice. Quick. It's a good one. Yeah. Leonardo I'm, DiCaprio. I, I love movies. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. movies yeah. Is, is definitely it. Yeah. Um, it's deep. Mm. What do you do in your spare time if you have any? <laughs> Work. <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> what do you enjoy to do in your, you know, if you get any downtime? Um, I, I like I sw swimming. Like being in water is probably my favorite thing to do. Nice. What is your go-to karaoke song? There we go. <laughs> you better I've, sing it to us. I've never done karaoke, to be honest with you. I've never done <laughs> it. But if you had to pick one that you would sing, right. can you sing us the you title? You sing in the car, you sing in the shower. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe maybe uh, Lonely Eyes by Chris Young. I could do that one. Right. You're going to give us a yeah. nope. sneak peek? Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. All right. What is something you fear? Insignificance. Mm. Oh. Um, what is your greatest accomplishment? Um, being a good brother. Yeah, man. Christian would agree with that. I yeah. definitely know that. Who is your favorite superhero? I already know this. Oh, one. Iron Man. 100%. Nice. <laughs> that was a quick one, too. Tony Stark. I'm a, I'm a nerd, too. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that one. That's for the next podcast. <laughs> what do you nerd out on? What do I nerd out on? Uh, fan, uh, science fiction, for yeah, sure. Science yeah. fiction. Most Star Wars, Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Good, good. Well, we had a conversation with Tony Camberere. He's the owner of uh, Toy, Hunters. Toy Hunters here in mm -hmm. town. So, mm -hmm. And we nerded out big time on that one because he's the comic expert. Yeah. Um, but then we got into a conversation about it's not really nerd anymore. You know, because Mar when every Marvel movie is a tremendous blockbuster, you know, loved by the masses, yeah. you know, it's, it's mainstream. Yeah. Now, is it Gen Z is the, like, I, don't know. I think... 
that this new generation that's coming up now is becoming their thing. I feel like they're taking all the things that all the nerds liked when we were younger, and now they're making them cool. Right. So right. Us, us nerds from back in the day the new are now cool. Yeah. All nerds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nerds. Just like gen nerd, and that's what it's Yeah, gen we're just all nerds. There we go. Nerds. I call my daughter for that. <laughs> what is your favorite sports team? Pittsburgh Steelers, die hard. I'm wearing it right uh, now. Yes. Yes. That is, that is like personal goals. Like I don't really have them, but one of mine is to be a minority stake owner in the Steelers. That's about it. That's all I have. I'm telling the thoroughbreds. I own 100. percent already there. <laughs> no, I'm saying that they're not your favorite sports. They're team. not. They know it. <laughs> Disappointed so, in you, Chris. So what's going on with the Steelers these days? Is is Ben? Oh, he's ben, retired. Ben's he's retired. Yeah, he's done. So, um, who, who who do we have now? Who's quarterback? Uh, we don't have anybody. <laughs> we we've got a new guy. Browns. Yeah, I should say got a guy for training camp, and then he may go somewhere else. Are um, you going to get Baker Mayfield? No, I, I would not be a Steelers fan if Baker was. Uh, but we got you know we got Mason is who was second string for all the last year. He's probably going to be third string. You got Mitch Trubisky. Oh, Mason's the guy that uh, yeah. Garrett yeah. hit with the helmet, ripped exactly. his helmet off, and hit him with yeah. it. Well, yeah. because he got grabbed in the package. To right. Get him. Full disclosure. There. Hey, yeah. I I don't You're I didn't disagree with that. Right. I would have smacked it too. Um, yeah, and then we got Kenny Pickett. We just selected a, uh, in the twentieth. Oh yeah, the guy from Pitt. Yep. So I love that pick, right? Yep. The hometown boy. He could run. He's yep. he's 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 looking pretty nice, man. Yeah. So I like that Kenny Pickett pick. Okay, so we got the Steelers. Um, what is your favorite food? Last question. Um, my favorite food probably spaghetti. I could eat spaghetti anytime. Oh yeah, I love pasta, yeah. spaghetti and ice cream. It is. No, it's, that's a terrible combination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what we got for you. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you, Chris Allison, social entrepreneur here with open arms amongst everything else he is into. So thank you for joining us, Chris. Um, how and where can folks contact you? Follow follow you, etc. cetera? Uh, I would say uh, socially, oaohio.com uh, is our website, and then OA Columbus and OA Mansfield are our two social tags. Um, and as following me, I don't post anything, so you would be wasting your time. Gotcha. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Chris Allison. Thank you, Mark Gray. Thank you, Steph Zader, and myself, Pete Peterson. Um, and as always, folks, remember the rule. Man, I screw up the very end. <laughs> as always, folks, remember the rules. Work hard, never give up, and dream huge. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Dream Huge podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more inspiring content, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dream Huge Realty and on TikTok at Dream Huge Inc. Until next time.